Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. So I want to finish. We're so glad to to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Position for righteousness, and um, I just feel like this is one of those those messages that I just, if you get it, it could be one of the most important messages you'll ever hear, because um, uh, God wants us to understand and experience this powerful, life changing truth that many don't take advantage of, and. the gift of his righteousness. You know, we ended that song, Cornerstone, with that phrase, um, as we are in his righteousness, we stand faultless and blameless before God. I love that. Yet, so many times we, we're in this life and uh, we, we don't realize that what Jesus has done. You know, uh, last week you saw the picture of me putting the white robe on Emily. Well, when you give your heart to Jesus, God puts a white robe with your name on it on you. But yet, a lot of times, we we tend to be distracted by the enemy, right? We, We can fall into his plans, his deception, that happens get duped by the devil at times. And we, it's not that we're not righteous or don't have that, that, um, that robe on. It's just that we've been distracted. Have you been there? I have. Or the world is so enticing to us. The world says, hey, I've got this for you or that for you. And we, we tend to shift over here. And we find ourselves out of position, right? This whole message series is just to get us back in position, the right position, it's, righteousness is one of those words that we've heard in church many times, but may not understand the importance of it. It's not a scary word. It actually shouts freedom and declares salvation for everyone who believes. His righteousness, I'll say it this way, will deliver everything you need on this earth and for eternity. So again, one way to define it is right standing, but I'm going to say right, right position. Say right position. So we ended last week with this phrase, and this is, this is, this is where this message is going to go today. Righteousness is not just a one-time choice. It's a lifetime commitment. It's not just a one-time choice. It's a lifetime commitment. And I've witnessed firsthand those who've committed to living in the place, position of his righteousness, And they've been completely transformed or they're in the process of being transformed and completely set free. So years ago, when I first uh, started ministry, it seems like I did everything. I did the bus ministry. I was on the worship team. I was youth pastor. uh, I was cleaning the church twice a week. And uh, I was in the middle schools doing Bible studies. And I was also in the jails doing Bible studies. By the way, I was on the way of burnout. (laughs) Just to let you know. I was trying to to let everybody know, hey, you you hired the right guy. And and like, I didn't need to do all those things. But the one thing I really, really enjoyed doing was going to the jails. And and, and starting these Bible studies in the jails. uh, And... I remember the first time I went um, and, and, and I offered this Bible study to the inmates, uh, they were all clearly standoffish, you know, because they, they didn't know what they were getting into. And they were, they were walled up and closed off, and, and uh, I just noticed that. But over time, as I just began to teach them about Jesus and the best way I could and about his righteousness and what happens when you give your heart to Jesus and how he, he makes you faultless and blameless. I'm telling you, every week when they heard the gospel, they heard the word, one by one, they changed. One by one, they changed. And one day when I was coming in to the jail, 
I, I looked over to my left at, at the cell where most of them were in. And there were about eight to ten guys holding hands and praying with passion. And I was like, what? Literally holding hands, crying out to God, shouting to God, worshiping God. In other words, they were getting it. They were beginning to live in his righteousness. They were in jail, but they were free. And here's the question to us. You're free, but are you in jail to the enemy? Like, are, 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 you, are you free in this life? Because God, even though they were stuck in a place, that they, they weren't getting out for at least nine months, but they were free as a bird. And I love seeing that because they understood or understanding that they had their robes. They had robes of righteousness. His righteousness is the way the world will come to know Jesus. When you and I receive his righteousness and learn to live in it, we experience all that righteousness gives. Again, freedom being the one powerful gift that righteousness brings. And by the way, freedom, I believe, is the greatest advertisement for Jesus to give to those around us. So, so our position in Christ, our, our, our position in his righteousness is so important and a key to the upcoming harvest. Do you guys hear that? Like there are people that are coming to the Lord and I believe they're, 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 coming, they're gonna come fast and quick. But it's, but it's how we live right? Not, not by doing our priestly duties or our church duties. It's how we live in the position of his righteousness that matters. And in it, you'll find freedom. So let me encourage you today, for those who've, who've, been, who've given their hearts to Jesus, I just want to encourage you today. You, you've given your hearts to Jesus. I just want to tell you, you've got Jesus. He's living in you. He's all over you. I can see him in your eyes. I can hear him in your voice. Maybe you didn't know that. Well, now you do. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Because I know, listen, I can wake up in the morning and not feel that, right? I don't feel good. But let me tell you something. It does, on your worst day, Jesus shines bright. I'm telling you. It's not about all the things you do or the things you didn't do. It's the fact that he's God and he's in you and he is flowing through you. See, there's more happening through you than you know. Yes, we are broken, marred vessels. Our bodies are perishing. I'm getting older. I don't have my six pack anymore. It's a one pack. <laughs> but you know what? God in me has got indestructible abs. <laughs> He's perfect. He's all powerful. He's all loving. So even though I might be getting older on the outside, I'm getting younger on the inside. <laughs> I've got Jesus living in me, the fountain of life and the fountain of inner youth <laughs> himself. I don't know how Mark Beam does it. My goodness, the guy just doesn't age. I don't know what it is. He knows it too, by the way. So regarding righteousness, listen, I'm, just, I'm thankful for this. Paid in full. Say paid in full. 
paid in full. 2 Corinthians 520, let me just build a few uh, foundational points here. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We might, be, we might find ourselves in the right position with God. Hear that? Like I said before, his sacrifice and what he did, it's free, but it wasn't cheap. Jesus did it. It is finished. Righteousness is not what you do. It's what he did. Come on. Righteousness is not what you do. It's what he did. So right now, Jesus is interceding for us, praying that we would be where he is. And really, if I could say one thing about position, that's really the point. It's not about, it's not about having God where we are. It's about us being where he is. You know, he's seated in heaven right now. You know, I woke up the other day, and, and I'm, uh, it, by the way, at the end of this, I'll, 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 I've done five little short videos uh, for you, if, if you want them, this week to encourage you each, each morning to start your day in righteousness. But, but I, one of them, I, I just was having a conversation with God, and, and that's just prayer. Prayer is just conversation. It's not, uh, it's not a list of to-do things, you know, like, okay, God, I got 10 things for you to do, and I'll be done. That's, that's what our prayers are normally, normally are, right? But no, this is, this is like uh, you having a conversation with God. And I asked this question to God. I said, God, how are you doing today? <laughs> you know, how are you doing today? Well, that's a weird question, right? But we ask each other that. How are you doing today? Well, I asked God how he's doing today. He said, great. <laughs> doing great. Yeah. Doing great. Uh, and and I, I was just thinking about his position where he's at, you know, and who he is, you know, he's all loving, he's, he's, he's the light of the world. I mean, it's just almighty God. And, and just looking at him, and, 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 then, and then I was silent, and I let him ask me that question too. I said, Dan, how are you doing today? And I know that sounds so simple, but that's the way relationship is. But that's what righteousness is. Righteousness is so simple. It's right relationship, right position. And, and my whole passion and point to this message series is to get us in that right position. And it's, it, it's, it's a position that's already been created through Christ for you. Don't get too excited. Right now, Jesus is praying for us against any demonic interference over our lives. And then he works with the Holy Spirit to lead us to the place where he is. That place called paid in full. Because a lot of times we wake up in the morning, we think, I've got to pay the price. I've got I've to do this. No, it's already done. It's done for you. Righteousness is foundational. It's the bedrock of our faith. It, matter of fact, it's the foundation of God's throne. Look at this verse, Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendance, but they're the foundation. And his righteousness is directly connected to his overwhelming favor for you and I. So again, righteousness is not just a one-time choice. It's a lifetime commitment. Just like love is and just like forgiveness is. Right? People think, well, I, I prayed a prayer of forgiveness. Well, did you talk about it the next day? <laughs> 
Did, did, did you say it the day after that? Because, because I'll tell you something, it, it, is, it is a commitment. It is a, it is, I'm going to walk it out. That's why Jesus, that's why when they came to Jesus, they said, they said, hey, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother if he, if he messes with me, if, if he sins against me, if he does something to hurt me? And they say, seven? Because seven is, you're like God. If you, can forgive, if you can forgive someone seven times in a day, the same person for doing the same thing seven times in one day, you're like God. That's what, they, that's what they thought. And Jesus goes, hey, come here. Come here, Sonny. Seventy times seven. And they went, <laughs> he wasn't saying, he was saying, you, you got to live a lifestyle of it. You, you, you've got you've to, every day has got to be, I say this, I try to say this every day. I'm going to love everyone and I'm not going to judge anyone. I'm going to love everyone. And, and of course, the tests come that day <laughs> to actually try to do that. But that's, that's how you get good at practicing righteousness. First, let's go back for a moment to our staple verse in John 16. I think it's important. Jesus telling his disciples, hey, uh, that he's got to go. He's not going to be in this earth anymore. They're obviously not happy. They don't understand. So Jesus says this in John 16. This is kind of where we're going to build again. John 16, 7 through 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the help or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he'll convict of the world. He'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And this is where people stop and they get all those three mixed up into one thing. And, and, and Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let me explain it to you in verse nine. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because, you, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world, the devil slew foot himself is judged. I'm so glad he compartmentalize that because I'm thinking how many of you wake up in the morning and think am I saved am I not saved <laughs> you know I don't feel saved do I have a devil do I not have a devil <laughs> you know, I mean like like come on we can go back and forth can't we that's not God that, that that's an indication that the enemy's messing with me trying to pull me back and forth but I love this verse because it, he, he eliminates confusion here <clears throat> He's really saying this, I got three doors for you to choose. Three doors. What was that? Was it the price is right? Was that, was that it? We're, make a deal. Let's make a deal, right? You had these three doors, and you had to figure out which one you wanted, and you couldn't see what's behind the door, and it was kind of exciting. Well, this one really isn't exciting because Jesus tells you what's behind the door. <laughs> He's saying, just choose the right one. In, in, in this case, choose door number 10. Verse number 10. So he says, door number nine is this. He says, uh, of, of sin because they do not believe in me. I used to be a they, used to be a they, right? We were all theys. If you, didn't, if, you, if you didn't know Jesus, you were they. I was a they, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was reminding me of, hey, you're separated from God. You need God. He would send people in my life all the time, and I rejected him. Finally, I accepted him, and I went from they to a you or to connected with God. He says, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you. Don't you love that? Now he's getting personal. Oh, you're, you're my child. You see me no more. Of righteousness for you. Right? Come on, don't you love that? And then he says this. That's door number 10, by the way. <clears throat> righteous. Of judgment 
because the ruler of this world is judged. Do you see what he's doing? He's saying, don't get it confused. Choose door number 10 or verse number 10. Choose righteousness. That's what we're called to. The Holy Spirit is here to lead us into righteousness because guess what? We need strength. We need to be lifted higher throughout our lives. Let me show you that picture, picture again that we made because I want to I I show you how this works. And, and, and again, sin, he says the world. This is, what I, this is where I used to live right here. I was a they. And then judgments because of the devil. Not you. Not you. <laughs> I know you've learned some things in your life. I know you've been taught some things. And you heard that word judgment. Oh, no, 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 no. <clears throat> Man, how horrible would it be if I kid, my kids woke up every day, oh, is dad going to judge me today? <laughs> oh. I'm going to do my best to love you. I'm going to do my best to encourage you and build you up and lead you and, and give you the proper understanding of who God is so that you can walk in righteousness, right? But what we have an enemy that tries to pull us to the left or to the right, or, or right or left, however that, you're looking at that. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no, get into the sweet spot. Choose door number or verse number 10. Choose the, the middle door. The goal of the Holy Spirit is to get us to righteousness, the right position, and to keep us there. So now that you know which is behind each door, daily, which one are we gonna choose? See, if you've been pulled away just let the Holy Spirit position you back into his righteousness. So this is where the rubber hits the road. This is how the follower of Jesus lives in the sweet spot of God and experiences abundant life. And, and, and this is how we learn how to do that. It's, it's not heavy. Listen, it's not demanding. It's actually easier than we think. You know, I, when I think of, of righteousness, I think of the first and only time I ever hit a golf ball over 300 yards. Mark, you're gonna love this. Over the, it'll never happen again. I don't, I don't have the, the, I'll just call it, I don't have the butt cheek power to, to you know, get it going anyways. <clears throat> Forgive me, Lord, no. Anyways, but, but I remember I got up to that, to that ball and I had this old club, it was an old wooden, it was wooden. I mean, this, this was back in, you know, probably late 90s, a wooden club, that's all I had. And I pulled that thing out, and the guy started laughing at me. He's like, what is that thing? I said, it's all I got. Somebody gave these to me. It's an old, old wooden club, you know. And, and, uh, and, and so, like a Gene Sarazen, you know, who had passed away, like, you know, one of those clubs. And so I remember I was, I, I, I was going to hit it. He goes, wait, why don't you try my club? And he pulled out this big, huge, massive metal club that, that was, you know, it's like this big. It's like how, no, you could, you could never miss the ball with that club. I'm telling you, you couldn't. You just couldn't. I said, what is that thing? He goes, just try it. All right. And of course, you know, I, I had my swing. The, the really nice, it's hard to do with this jacket. I had a really nice swing and everything, everything looked good. It, it never translated on the golf course, but the swing looked beautiful. And so I remember I got, that, I got up to that thing, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I could hit five balls right now with this thing. They'd all go straight <laughs> at the same time, right? So I took that thing back, and, and I swung it, and I hit it, and it felt, it felt like I was cutting through almost melted butter. You know, it was so easy. And I hit it, and they all went, oh, my goodness. 
it, it went like 304 yards. We, we, we measured it. And they're looking at me, and I said, you know, can I have your club? Um, but no, they wouldn't. But I thought, listen, it was so effortless. Can I just tell you this? His righteousness is effortless. We try so hard, we, we, but yet he's already done this. It's really just an effortless thing. It, it comes down even to a simple choice. There's so much power in a simple choice. See, Jesus gives us ways to stay in that sweet spot. You know, church is a, is a way. You know that? Church is a great thing. It's a prepared thing. Pretty effortless for those who come. That's why we need to make it a priority because, because it keeps us, it, it helps us to stay in the right position, to keep our hearts right, to keep our minds right. The news won't do that. The bars won't do that. But getting together and connecting, whether online or here, helps us to stay in the right position. Don't stop doing those things. But there's so much more that God has given us to help us stay in position. So what I'm about to tell you is not difficult. It's not heavy. It's easy and light and flows from a relationship with the king of righteousness, Jesus. But again, it's not just a one-time choice. It's a lifetime commitment. So let me show you why, first, living in righteousness is so critical, especially for the day we live in. John 5, 2 through 5, 15. I love this story. Inside the city was uh, near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda and five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. So what happened was there was this pool or kind of a hot tub, and, and an angel would come every once in a while, I don't know how many times, and he'd stir that, that thing up. And when it stirred up, all the people who were sick jumped in or they, or they were helped in. And they were healed. That's a pretty cool thing right there. So one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he'd been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir. Sick man said, for, for no, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So Jesus told him this, <clears throat> stand up, pick up your mat and walk. I, I was assuming he was just gonna say, come here, son. Hey, come over here, let's help this guy in. Let's just get him in there. And we, at least we can get him in there when the, when the angel stirs it, he's already in there. He doesn't. He just very bluntly says, hey, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Okay, here we go. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Dun, dun, dun. So the Jewish leaders objected, and they said to the man who, who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. You're in trouble. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Isn't it interesting when Jesus does a miracle, the devil's always there to try to make it hard and worse for that person. <clears throat> But he replied, hey, the man who healed me told me to pick up your mat and walk. Who said such things as that? They demanded. Remember, religion is always demanding. Demanding. Love never 
demands. We've all struggled with that, right? But God doesn't. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd, but but afterward Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The man, the man, then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Now, this is very significant. The man meets righteousness and is changed for good, so it seems. But look at verse 14 again. I want to read this to you. But afterward, Jesus found him in church and told him, now that you are well, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. And that seems so scary. Like, ah, what, what, what is he saying? Let me explain to you what he's saying. By the way, Jesus was a, was a very busy person with ministry. And yet he chose to track this guy down to remind him to start living in righteousness. Be committed to it. So he's saying, saying, hey, listen, just let, I'm gonna show you, let, let me just show you, because it's so important for you, young man, that I, you just did a miracle, that you just go ahead and start walking this thing out. What was the issue? What was this man about to go back into that Jesus knew about? Was it lust, lying, gossip, anger? I don't know, but I believe this. I believe his sin just might have been his excuse. I think he had woe is me mentality. I never get God's favor. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm gonna eat some worms. Right, you heard that song? Big, fat, juicy ones, long, skinny, slime. I love that song. But, but it starts out with that. And so Jesus made it his mission to go back and find him in church, by the way, to tell him, hey, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. The, the, listen, the man just experienced a miracle. He met the king of righteousness, but was about to walk away from it. And there are many people, listen, who have met Jesus. They have received a miracle, but they walk back into the enemy's camp. I say it this way. They want to they have their cake and eat it too. And Jesus says, you can't. You can't. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't follow Jesus and live a lifestyle that's harmful to you and others. Please hear this. In love. In the hopes to be blessed. I see this way too much in life. The man had been so used to the excuse that Jesus had to track him down and lovingly but firmly lead him into a commitment of righteousness, and it worked. The man does the next thing, and he does the right thing in verse 15. It says, then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. He could have said this, yeah, I was healed. That was great, but I don't have a job. I don't have a wife. I don't have this. I don't have that. And he could have started back with the excuse. What was me mentality? 
And he would have dug himself a deeper hole than the one he was in before. So he gives his simple testimony of what Jesus did. I can't tell you how important this moment is. When Jesus shows up in your life, don't just go home and hide it under a, under a lampstand. Don't, don't, listen, go tell someone. Go tell someone what Jesus did in your life. Because this is the next step of your walking in righteousness. I believe that that testimony of saying Jesus did this healed him of woe is me disease and defeated the devil at the same time. Because in Revelation it says they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, his righteousness, and the word of their testimony. I've been watching these uh, YouTube videos of young people, older people who have been gone through horrible things. They've, they've been burned victims. They've, they've, they've been born with, with uh, you know, certain limitations or deformities. And, and um, I, was, I was watching a young man who'd been horribly burned, blind, missing his hands. And he wakes up every day and says, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. And if you'd see him, you're like, oh my goodness, how can he say that? But he said, from inside of his spirit, he says, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. He goes, because if I say it's going to be a bad day, it just might be a bad day. <laughs> He's committed to staying in the right position daily. Do you guys hear that? It is so important to be committed to righteousness. That's that the Holy Spirit, listen, that the Holy Spirit is tracking us down today to deliver this truth. Because the truth is there are many who want their cake and they want to eat it too. They want to be married to Jesus and have a mistress on the side. Can I say that Sunday morning? They, they, they want to be married to Jesus and have some other thing that they want to also have that's really not good for them. So what must I do? Great question. Let me help. If you want to stay in the right position, I'm going to run through these pretty quick. If you want to stay in the right position, if you want to position yourself for righteousness, you just got to put it on. Say, put it on. Remember, you got a robe with your name on it. It's on you right now. That's what I showed you last week when, when Emily came up here. It's the robe of righteousness. We tend to lose sight of our robe. We tend to forget it quickly that we have one and that we're wearing one. So we must see it and wear it. Ephesians 6, 14, stand your ground, putting it on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. In other words, don't leave home without it. I believe the man was about to forget what Jesus just did for him. You know, that happened to 10 lepers too. Nine of them forgot pretty quickly, but one didn't. He came back to thank Jesus and he started his journey of walking in righteousness. You guys still here today getting this? Good. Do you know what helped Job get through most of his difficult nine-month trial? Or do you know, it really got him through. You know, you know what helped him? When he was attacked by the enemy, this is what he did, Job 
29.14, I put on righteousness as my clothing. Oh, how I wish my clothes would just get on me in the morning. No, I've got to see them. I got to think about them. I got to pick them out and I've got to put them on. Now, when I don't know what to wear, I'll ask Emily. She helps me a lot, actually. She pushes me to wear more color, too, which I'm usually not quite ready for, but she'll, she does it lovingly, you know. This one, but, she's, she's, but see, sometimes you need a good friend to help lead you back into his righteousness, to remind you of your robe, and to lovingly help put, you, put it back on so that you don't leave home without it. Jesus met the man to remind the man of his righteousness. Jesus went after that dude. He said, here I am again. (laughs) Remember me? Don't go down that other road. Don't fall into the world's trap. Don't fall into the devil's trap. Stay in righteousness, right? So if you want to position, position yourself in righteousness, you just got to put it on. Say, put it on. And you got to pursue it. Listen, there has to be something in you that wants a change, a breakthrough, a deliverance. I call this a, I'm sick and tired of dealing with this moment. That's where it starts, with a, I'm sick and tired. Then the pursuit begins. Listen, you don't, a lot of you don't, don't know this, but there was a time in my life when I was living out of my car, wandering without purpose. Alone. Although I did have a Nintendo 64 in my trunk, which was nice. I could play that and escape for a while. But listen, I had enough. So I turned to God and his righteousness, and my life changed dramatically and drastically for the good, and the pursuit began. So go get it. Remember, righteousness is not just a choice. It's a commitment. It's a pursuit. It's a chasing after God. It's a daily devoted relationship with Jesus. It's welcoming the friendship and leadership of the Holy Spirit. David was a man after God's own heart. He was chasing God down. We know that. And his son Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, said this in Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness... And unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. You see that? Whoever positions himself and says, man, I'm, going, I'm getting to that spot again. I'm going to live in that spot of his righteousness. Look, look at what happens. Life, righteousness, and honor. Paul teaches Timothy the same thing. 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, Timothy, look at this. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. Let me just speak to the men here for a moment. But you are a man of God. How does it make you feel? Well, some say, not good because I'm not. It's not true. You, young man, older gentleman, in the middle, you are a man of God. Getting it? Where are my shouters this morning? You are a man of God. Say I'm, a man, say, I'm a man of God. That's right. You women, go ahead and say that too. <laughs> Timothy, you are a man of God. So run from these evil things. Come on. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Listen, 
Pursue righteousness. You're a man of God. Your God has a calling. He's a destiny for you. You don't need that junk. You don't need that junk over there. Pursue righteousness. It's not who you are. You're, you're not that, that what they tell you are. You're definitely not what the enemy says you are. You're a man of God. so important for you to get in the right position with God and stay there so that God can bless you there. Meg, you're a man of God. <laughs> How do you think I met my beautiful wife? My goodness. Yes, I married way up. You all know that. How'd I do it? Kissed her on the cheek first day I met her kissed her on the cheek, gave her my number, changed her tire, chased off her ex-boyfriend. I ironed her clothes. I even ran with her and I hate running, but I pursued her and I was rewarded for it. Thank you, Jesus. If you wanna position yourself in righteousness, you just gotta pursue it and you gotta plant it. Say plant it. It takes intentionality. It takes faith with action. It takes getting up and sowing God's seeds into your life. I was listening to the King James Version on cassette tape when it wasn't cool at all. Hosea 10, 12 says, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. And then the key verse is, plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. You see the issue right here, right? It's the heart. It's my responsibility to plant righteousness. Another version says, it's Hosea 10, 12, and NIV. It says, sow righteousness for yourselves. heard the story of, of, of a young lady who was being mentored by someone and uh, she was doing great and there came a time when, when the mentor said to the mentee you gotta go find God you've gotta go find your relationship now with Jesus I helped you get to this point now it's you you've gotta take responsibility and find Righteousness, find the king of righteousness now for yourself. Go call on him. Now, it can make a person feel rejected for the moment, but I'll tell you something, it's one of the greatest things you'll ever do is when you break away and you find the king of righteousness for yourself and you, that's how you're gonna grow. If you wanna position yourself in righteousness, you gotta just plan it. And lastly, I believe this, you just gotta prophesy it. Say prophesy it. Well, that's a weird word. It just means saying something powerful. There's something powerful and life-changing that happens when you literally speak righteousness into the atmosphere. As a matter, a matter of fact, the man who was healed by the pool ended up giving his testimony of how Jesus healed him. He was speaking righteousness and literally walking in his destiny for the first time. David said this in Psalm 35, 28, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of, and, and of your praise all the day long. 
He was speaking victory before it happened. He was reminding God and himself of the power of righteousness and he was boldly declaring it. See, when you find yourself in trouble, it's your words that will deliver you. It is the prayer to God that will bring rescue. It's so simple. Psalm 91:15. when they call on me, I will answer. I'll be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. Calling, speaking, crying out to God. I don't know about you, it's usually my mouth that gets me into trouble. But it's my mouth that gets me out of trouble as well, right? <laughs> I can get myself out of trouble. Say, saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, saying I love you, saying thank you, right? Those are those, that'll get you out of trouble so fast, especially in your marriage, <laughs> right? Oh, fast. I love you. Told Emily, I told Emily yesterday I loved her. And I realized I tell God so often that I tell God I love her, <laughs> right? Like every day, oh, I love Emily. Thank you so much for Emily. And I forget to tell her. Um, so I love you. That's today. So I got two, two, two in a row, back to back. Um, death and life are still in the power of the tongue, my friends. Right? It's true. So prophesy the right words. Don't say I'm a failure. I'm no good. I'm a horrible person. Because someone who's positioned for righteousness will immediately call you out. They might even say, zip it, Skippy. Because that's not, that's not uh, God talking. That's the enemy talking, or that's you talking. God doesn't say that. God says this, you're righteous, you're forgiven, you're loved, you're faultless and blameless. And as you stand before God right now, he sees you in his righteousness, bold as a lion. You're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ. Ooh, that, no, I really dug for that one because I know usually on a really cold day, that's, if you can do that in a cold day, I can't wait when the, when the summer comes. Man, we're going to be just rocking it here. Um, listen, when you prophesy it, you will experience boldness and confidence. Listen, when you go back and just tell someone what Jesus did for you, if you said, man, Jesus did this for me, just tell someone. Put it out on Facebook, Instagram, I don't care, write a letter, whatever you gotta do, but just tell someone that you just met the King of Righteousness. And I'm telling you, it will, it will, you'll rise up to another level. Prophesy it. So speak the truth into your soul. Put it on, pursue it, plant it, and prophesy it, and you will reap a harvest of righteousness. And I say today to you, if you're listening online, if you're, if, if you're here today and you're stuck on the other side of righteousness, just say, get out of there right now. Get out of there and head towards the king of righteousness, Jesus. Take the way of escape. Get your hand out of the cookie jar. Don't put your hand on the stove. Choose it today and be committed tomorrow. Here's the last sobering verse as we finish. Isaiah 48, 18 through 20. Look at, oh, that you had listened to my commands. Do you hear that? Now look at this. Then, come on, then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling all over you like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like sands along the seashore, too many to count. 
There would have been no need for your destruction or cutting off your family. Yet even now, look at yet even now, 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 say now. Isn't God good? It doesn't matter how many mistakes you made in your life. My friends, it does not matter to God. If you cry out to God right now, he can start fixing everything. I said, he's the only person that can unscramble eggs. I mean that. So he says, even now be free from your captivity. Leave Babylon and the Babylonians. Sing out this message, shout it to the ends of the earth. The Lord has redeemed the servants, the people of Israel. He says, just remove yourself from the world and sin, remove yourself from deception and get back into his righteousness. Well, Pastor Dan, can God forgive me of all my, all my mistakes I've made? Can he forgive me? Listen, the moment you come forward to receive Jesus into your life, your Father in heaven forgives you of all your sins and receives you as his child. He forgives you of all your sins, past, present, and future. You didn't know that, right? Past, present, and future. My goodness, what a gift. But a lot of us think, no, 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 he can't fix my past. I'm struggling in the present and I know I'm gonna do some dumb things in the future. Yes, I will too. But because of what he's done, it's all covered. Thank you, Karen. I know it, come on. It's good. It's good. It is good. No matter how many times you've failed, how many mistakes you've made, friend, how terrible you think your sins are, the cleansing power and the blood of Jesus is greater than them all. God made this promise in Isaiah 1, 118, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. It looks like the robe of righteousness that Emily got last week and that you have when you gave your heart to Jesus. This robe is a free gift. You cannot earn it, work for it, or make it. It's free. And Jesus is waiting right now with open arms for you to receive this robe and to receive him and for him to receive you as his child, to love you and lead you into the future filled with goodness, a future filled with hope, a future filled with righteousness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God. I know righteousness is that big church word, but I pray, God, that every single person listening today, God, would just make a choice first to receive you, Jesus, because I can't get to heaven in my own works. It has to come through what you've done on the cross. And not just to receive you once, but to be committed to walking in righteousness daily, in right position daily. So pray with me. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, today's your day. Oh, I'm so glad you're listening online. I'm so glad you're here. It's a simple prayer. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me, washing me cleansing me, making me as white as snow and putting on me the robe of your righteousness. I'm going to follow you. I'm committed to you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.
We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.